Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyrics to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. Hi, this is Ron Paul. I am a former congressman, physician, and presidential candidate. The world is in turmoil. Things like Ebola, earthquakes, wars, and famines are commonplace. As Americans, we are largely sheltered from these events. However, in parts of the world, just having enough food is a huge problem. For some of us, there is the nagging thought that we may not always have it so good. So we keep some food on hand just in case. My family and I have found a product that helps us do this better. It's a home freeze dryer from Harvest Right. With it, we eat healthier and store a little more food. We freeze dry everything we love to eat, and it lasts up to 25 years. Who knows what the future will bring? One thing's certain, my family and I will always have food on the table. To learn more, go to HarvestRight.com or call 800-763-5999. That's HarvestRight.com or 800-763-5999. Attention patriots, tired of the tyranny and crime in the sanctuary cities? Flee the city and seek refuge in the American Redoubt. FleeTheCity.com Move to the freedom of Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming. FleeTheCity.com FleeTheCity.com My brothers, my sisters, I bring you a message of solidarity, a call to action, and a demand for adherence to duty of an Aryan resurgence and ultimately total Aryan victory. We have broken the chains of Jewish thought. We know not the meaning of the word mine, it is ours. Our race, the totality of our people. Ten hearts, one beat. One hundred hearts, one beat. Ten thousand hearts, one beat. We are born to fight and to die and to continue the flow the flow of our people. Onward we will go, onward to the stars, high above the mud, the mud of yellow, black, and brown. So kinsman, duty calls. The future is now. If months from now you have not yet fully committed yourself to the Alliance, then you have an effect not only betrayed your race, you have betrayed yourself. So stand up like men and drive the enemy into the sea. Stand up like men and swear a sacred oath upon the green graves of our sires that you will reclaim what our forefathers discovered, explored, conquered, settled, built, and died for. Stand up like men and reclaim our soil. Kinsmen, arise. Look towards the stars and proclaim our destiny. Defeat never, victory forever.
You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. In two days, it will be 11 September. National Alliance members celebrate 9-11 a little differently than most Americans. Instead of focusing only on tall buildings being knocked down or demolished, to the great benefit of Israel and Jews, we focus mainly on the far more important great gift given to Aryan man by the birth of Dr. William Luther Pierce on 11 September 1933, making this his 90th birthday. His mission on this earth was to awaken his people, our people, the white people of this planet, to their great peril and to their even greater destiny, to bring them the good news of National Socialism and its continuing world historical and spiritual significance, and to extend and expand National Socialism with the new Aryan religion of Cosmotheism. Let me turn to the words I spoke at his memorial service in 2002, which I will edit and expand for this broadcast, beginning with a description of the zeal and intense effort Dr. Pierce put into his work. Dr. William Luther Pierce, founder and chairman of the National Alliance, died on 23 July 2002, after a battle with cancer lasting less than one month. Prior to his sudden disability, Dr. Pierce maintained his 80 hours per week schedule of writing, broadcasting, publishing, and organizing on behalf of people of European descent around the world, a regimen that he continued almost without interruption for 36 years. Standing far above his contemporaries, history will rank William Pierce with Shaw and Nietzsche as a visionary who saw clearly what European man could become. And he will also be recognized as a great man of action who made his ideals concrete in an organization, the National Alliance, which will continue his mission beyond his physical life. At a 1986 National Alliance meeting, Dr. William Pierce spoke these words from the Habermal. Cattle die, kinsmen die, and so must one die oneself. But one thing I know which never dies, the fame of a dead man's deeds. The writers of the Edda did not mean fame in the sense in which that word is now commonly understood. 
Today, when the semi-literates of the press utter the word fame, what they mean is notoriety. The notoriety that one gets by marrying or divorcing a Hollywood starlet or harlot, committing a sensational crime, or extracting tears and cash from the public by writing or filming a bestseller, which will quickly be forgotten when next season's heart-rending thriller comes along. Fame once carried with it an implication of acclaim and high honor and repute for great deeds well done. And, of course, and this is crucial, for the fame of a dead man's deeds to live on and never die, the dead man's people, his race, which, unlike a man, can truly be immortal, must live on and never die. Ensuring the immortality of our European race was one aspect of William Pierce's purpose, of William Pierce's deeds. No man saw more clearly the threat to the continued existence of our people than did William Pierce. No man of his time strove more mightily to avert our enemy's genocidal plans than did William Pierce. No man exhorted our people more compellingly to tear the blinders from our eyes and to see the world as it really is than did William Pierce. No man called forth nobility from the white men and women of our time as did William Pierce. No man hammered the truth home again and again as did William Pierce. From his mountaintop pulpit, he called out to his people to stop our insane and suicidal course, to stop worshiping our deadliest enemies, and to take the hand he offered to help us return once again to what he called the upward path. Racial survival is absolutely necessary, the sine qua non of William Pierce's purpose. Insisting upon European man's right of survival and creating a vital and growing organization to bring that about was enough to make William Pierce some very powerful enemies. And to his friends and comrades, that great goal was enough to bind them in loyalty for a lifetime. But understanding racial survival, racial continuity, even racial immortality, is just the beginning of an understanding of William Pierce's purpose, of William Pierce's deeds. Dr. Pierce saw the future looming, dangerous, yet infinitely promising before us. He saw that man and even our race and even the highest among our race are not ends in themselves, but a bridge to something 
higher. The Jews like to caricature us by saying that we are quote-unquote white supremacists who believe that we are superior supermen who therefore deserve to lord it over other peoples and enslave or kill them at our pleasure. Although that more accurately describes the Jewish attitude than it does anyone else's, unfortunately there are some among us whose racialism is an act of ignorant hubris like that, and who therefore bring great discredit upon a cause they do not understand. William Pierce's vision was less of what European man is than of what European man could be in the future. Yes, by our own standards, we are superior, the best among us markedly so. The Aryan race, by dint of its intelligence and creativity and character, has managed to drag itself up to a state of civilization and some degree of scientific understanding of the universe around us. But what Dr. Pierce could clearly see, and what the more jingoistic racialists cannot see, is that that state of civilization, impressive as it may be, and though none has exceeded it, is but a few inches above the slime of universal savagery. We are a few inches above the dirt on a journey to the stars. The journey has just begun, and the danger of falling back is very great. European man is, in two senses, very much like the first amphibians that took their first faltering steps upon the land and tremblingly and inefficiently and certainly without comprehension of what they were doing, took their first breaths of air. As the amphibians broke through the previously unpassed boundary of the surface of the sea, so Aryan man has in the last microsecond of geologic time touched the surface of another world. I should not need to tell you what implications that has. For building a new civilization of the selected few, our selected few, on another world. For giving life itself a second chance on a new world. Should circumstances or bad choices render this one unlivable. And for a thousand other things. Even more important than colonizing other worlds in the macro-universe of space, we also are stepping into a new world in the micro-universe of our own DNA. Since the time of Gregor Mendel, every year we have increased our fund of knowledge that will allow us to accelerate and direct the course of our own evolution. Since the fall of Europe in 1945, no nation has yet fully grasped the implications of this knowledge. 
Today, it seems likely that the less Jew-ridden elites of Asia will embrace this truth and so gain world-ruling power and superiority in a few generations. Power to destroy and enslave us if they so choose. Now more than ever, it is important for white men and women to regain control of our governments so that the power of applied eugenics will be ours to wield during the time that human life is still restricted to this planet. And I should not need to tell you of the monumental implications of eugenically increasing our intelligence and understanding, for avoiding cosmic or biological catastrophes, for greater understanding of natural processes and the technological power that can bring, and a thousand thousands more most of which our limited minds cannot even imagine at this stage in our evolution, just as the first amphibians could not understand the implications of their first shaky steps upon the Devonian sands millions of years ago. William Pierce knew that for our people to achieve their potential greatness, we must regain control of our own destiny. That means that our ruling elite must be of our people and for our people. But the ruling elite today is not of our people, but instead is composed of a profoundly alien and hostile people, the Jews. Dr. Pierce saw the Jews from a realistic, objective, and biological perspective. He perceived that as a race, Jews are unique, very strange parasites that replace our race's elite and leadership with themselves. Jews deprive our race of what it must have if it is going to survive and prosper, the leadership of the best among us. In a Jew-led society, the best are suppressed, vilified, hated, imprisoned, exiled, killed. As Dr. Pierce pointed out to me almost 20 years ago, what Jews do to other races is not unlike what certain parasitic ant species do to their hosts. There is a parasitic ant species whose queen invades a colony, climbs atop the colony's queen, methodically gnaws her head off, and thereafter displaces her. The parasitized workers then feed and raise the immigrant queen's eggs, which mature and go off to invade other colonies. Apparently, chemical signals, much like television or radio signals are to us, prevent the colony's workers from recognizing the parasite as an invader. Their parasitic money, pleasure, earthbound existence 
the highest goal of which is merely to manipulate their hosts to provide all the material needs of the ruling Jews, is anti-Faustian, anti-evolution, and if we do not break free of them, will ultimately result in the final and irreversible termination of our long journey on the upward path toward greater consciousness and understanding and mastery. Despite its glitter and its temporal power, the path of the Jews is an empty and bleak one, an evolutionary dead end whose final stop is extinction and death. William Pierce knew with more depth of understanding than any other man that they must be removed from their position of power over us, or all is lost. He knew that the survival of everything we love, everything we know as noble or beautiful, depends on our victory. If we lose, every sacrifice made by our ancestors will be turned into nothing, like dust blowing across the ruins. They and we will be utterly forgotten, and the universe will know us no more. Only a very few men of vision could see that those are the stakes. And because William Pierce lived, we can see that too. Time will tell if we were worthy of that knowledge. It is hard for me to believe that William Pierce is gone. For twenty years he was my teacher, he was my mentor, he was my friend. Just a few days ago when I originally wrote these words, he was still joking with me as he made plans for a future he knew he would not see. Just a few months before that, after my wife and I had dinner at his home, he surprised us with his vigor and life force at the age of 68 by sweeping his lady friend off her feet and kissing her as they laughed and swirled around the room to the music on her stereo. Dr. Pierce lived, truly lived, and gave his all for his people every day for 36 years after his awakening. I'm glad I was able to know him and learn from him. Just after his death, I received a note from Joseph Price, the man who gave us the beautiful music of Call of the Blood, and he said goodbye to Dr. Pierce in these words, quote, Rest in peace until you need no longer rest, O William. Be of good cheer. You are still what you have always been, and what you were you shall remain, our doctor. And that is going to be true through all of time for you, and through all earthly ages that will come for all of us who live within you. We reflections of your glory. Close quote. William Pierce, as I have said before, had his eyes 
on the stars. I do not believe in magic or the supernatural. I believe that the scientific objective study of the universe should bring us all the awe and wonder we need, and awe and wonder all the greater for its source being real and not in the prosaic imagination of some con man or mystery monger. But I do not think that I exaggerate when I say that William Pierce is looking down at us from those stars. His life was ordained by destiny before the light left their surfaces millions of years ago, and so also is ours as we respond to what he taught us. The unimaginably immense universe shines down upon us, an infinite field of galaxies and the blackness of the void. In its structure and in the nature of time itself, there was an inherent pattern that led to the development of life from non-living matter. Just as inevitably, consciousness developed among living beings, and eventually there arose among conscious beings our kind, our race on planet Earth. And among our kind, there occasionally arises a great man, a man who can see the future beckoning, who knows that we face a choice between infinity and nothingness, a man like William Luther Pierce. That such a man could arise among us, that the birth and life of such a man was inherent in the structure of this universe of stars from the very beginning of time, should give us hope, should banish fear, should bind us together for the rest of our lives and call us to give those lives so that our journey to those stars, our ascent upon William Pierce's upward path, can begin. Before I go, let me ask you, in the light of Dr. Pierce's four decades of honorable labor for his folk, to participate in just a bit of honorable labor yourself, spreading his ideas and ideals by distributing his writings in your towns and neighborhoods this week during our William Pierce Memorial Literature Distribution you can go to natall.com slash flyers. That's N-A-T-A-L-L dot com slash flyers. And there, download high-resolution files of several of his pamphlet-length works, some of his most powerful, and having them printed and folded at a local print shop or doing it yourself, and then getting them into the hands and before the eyes of the good and decent white people 
who need his truths, need his truths to break the spell of the anti-white media and educational complex, need his truths so that the next generation can live, need his truths to learn who they really are. Until next week, this is Kevin Alfred Strom reminding you of the words of Richard Berkeley Cotton. Freedom is not free. Free men are not equal. And equal men are not free. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic, but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com.
Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, theamericanfreedomparty.us. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytoplankton nutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Antelope Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation, Leon de Grel in Exile, by Jose Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with de Grel's life before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco, Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness. Despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers, he stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. De Grel's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved. Such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader, Get Leon DeGrell in exile today at antelopehillpublishing.com.